Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Urban Health Podcast, keeping busy people healthy. I'm very excited today. We have David Wurz. Is that correct, David? Yeah, that's correct. He's from Bavaria in Germany, and he comes from a military background, and you're still involved in the military today, aren't you? Yes, that's true. And whilst uh, with your time in the military, you learned the importance of resilience and how it can be applied to business and just in day-to-day life. And I really believe in being more resilient makes us more successful and uh, it helps us with one of our foundational principles of achieve more, cope better. And David, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Yes, um, I appreciate it. (laughs) David, tell us a bit about why you chose to go into the military. Yeah, um, that is actually the case because I went through a very rough childhood with uh, physical and psychological abuse. So I quit the school very early and joined the army just to, yeah, get away from it. And um, I always wanted to protect people against violence. That's actually why I chose the military. Interesting. And uh, when did you realize that resilience is so important? Oh, there are several occasions for that. Um, First of all, um, through my job, that's that's obvious because um, I work as a uh, joint terminal attack um, controller, which is a person who yeah, accompanies uh, patrols in mission abroad. And as soon as they come under fire or run into an ambush, she would call for air support and then coordinate all of that stuff. Um, means uh, deconflicting the airspace with the ground-based fires, uh, directing airstrikes and avoiding collateral damage for sure. And um, this is under very high pressure and a very stressful stressful thing mm-hmm. and with a zero tolerance for, for um, mistakes mm-hmm. since everything is uh, recorded on tape or legal-wise. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's an absolute, yeah, a key element is work, working under pressure and under stress. That is one thing where I realized that resilience or being um, able to, to handle stress is very helpful. And uh, on the other hand, uh, in my private life as well. So I went through a divorce, which was um, yeah, more or less a, a war of roses for two years. I have a seven-year-old uh, daughter right now. Everything is, is said and done right now. So I'm, I have a good relation with my, with my daughter and as well with my ex-wife. But um, there were really years of white water and, and uh, a lot of courts we had to go to. And um, yeah, as you can figure out, uh, it's very helpful to be resilient, uh, resilient um, in this behalf. Yeah. Now I real I realized that a lot of people are struggling in daily life uh, because of their stressful job or uh, the work life balance or even even the traffic can be stressful. So um, that these three points, um, yeah. Um, gave me the, the opinion that um, being more resilient today is, is very helpful. It uh, doesn't matter for whom. Yeah, and I think a lot of people can relate to the divorce and also uh, the, the stress of, of day-to-day life and business. Well, you have a lot of uh, students who come to your courses, your seminars, and your coaching programs. How have you helped them apply resilience principles to their, to their life? They, they come to you with different issues and uh, you you help train them become more resilient. T- tell us about that pro- transformational process. 
Yes, actually, um, the main source of uh, my work and my technique um, relates to the findings of the University of uh, Pennsylvania um, with uh, Dr. Malik Martin. Sorry, with uh, Dr. Martin Seligman, um, who did uh, 30 years research on applied positive uh, psychology. Mm -hmm. And they found out that um, they narrowed it down to seven key factors which uh, strengthen resilience. And these seven key factors are realistic optimism, uh, problem solving, the control of emotions, the control of impulses, empathy, planning or goal setting and inner growth. So these are the seven key factors um, which can help you to to uh, be more resilient and actually um, everybody can can learn that or can enhance his or her resilience by several skills and techniques which can be easily learned and which can be easily applied in, in daily life. So what I do actually is, um, yeah, I first find out where, where Everybody individual um, is um, in the situation when it comes to me, and then I will um, teach them all those skills and all the knowledge which is um, linked to it, and help them to apply it in daily life. I'm using an app for it. And I'm using a lot of workbooks for it. So um, in the end, um, everybody can uh, can make a change. So you won't get uh, or you you won't make uh, Bambi to Rambo, but uh, still everybody can be more resilient. Um, I was particularly drawn by one of the ones that you said, uh, controlling impulses. Would you like to, can you repeat that one again? Is it controlling the need for an, no, how to manage an impulse? Yes, actually it's about, I think everybody can relate to that. So we all have been in situations where we maybe reacted in a way which we regretted afterwards. Well, sometimes you don't regret it, David. What do we do with that? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one, right? How can you tell? uh, Yeah, actually, um, you cannot really target that factor by itself, but there are a lot of um, um, techniques which you can learn uh, which enhance your ability to... um, to withstand that, and, and that has to be trained, actually. It's a long process, so um, I cannot um, show anyone on, in, in one or in, in 30 minutes uh, a technique, and after that, everything is said and done. But I can uh, show how things um, belong together and which techniques target this um, factor. And if you train to that and stick to that, then you will, um, you will definitely see an, an improve in uh, being more stable in situations like that. Yes, yeah, so I was taught that I should only cave into an impulse if the result will serve me. If the result weakens me, then I should resist the impulse altogether. So, um, that yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, that is actually true, and that's the same for um, um, sorry for emotions as well. So emotions serve us. They have a, there is a reason for every emotion, mm-hmm. but um, the question is if the emotion we feel is suitable to the situation we are into and if the grade of of, uh, of emotion is, is suitable. So for, on a scale from 1 to 10, this is helpful to feel anger on a 10 in a situation where maybe um, yeah, objectively uh, a 4 would be suitable. So most of all, this is linked to, to um, core um, belief system which we learned all our life and which will kick in um, subconscious and just like um, 
yeah, we we start to react to situations like an autopilot. And if we learn to to get that back to our consciousness, then we have the opportunity to decide um, how we want to react. And that's what everybody um, needs, actually. And it's also, resilience gives you that calmness of mind, that stability of mind, so that you can choose to respond rather than merely react. And yes. it, it gives you that confidence to say, okay, what am I feeling? And you go through a process, you go through a procedure. What am I feeling? What does it mean? What is my reaction to this? That can be quite True. hard to do when you're overwhelmed yes. with emotions and they're throwing yes. all, all in your head. What are you going to do? And you have to make sure you don't take any action when you're in that state. You have to go away, yes. calm down. And then unless the action is a boxing class, in which case it will be yeah. the best session ever. So, but, yeah. So what I do with my clients is they would uh, monitor the, as we call it, the ticker tape. So the heat um, of the moment thoughts. So they just would monitor uh, over a period of time what runs through their head uncensored uh, in situations which um, pushes buttons in, within them. And by that, they have the opportunity to find out patterns. And as soon as we find out uh, patterns within us, then we will um, manage to, um, yeah, to um, identify in a new situation, oh, this is a pattern and uh, this is not what I want to to, or this is not the reaction I would willingly choose, but it is a subconscious uh, pattern which is just um, yeah safe within me. So you can react to that. It's a process, actually. Actually, it was really interesting. I was listening to a podcast about uh, cavemen versus sophisticated yes. society. So in caveman times, it was simple. You saw uh, danger, let's say uh, you're going to be attacked and you'd feel scared and then you'd run away. Whereas in sophisticated society, it is a cultural norm to suppress your emotions and then you end up behaving in ways and you don't know why because you've suppressed so much, you, you, you can't identify and locate your emotions. Is that something that comes up in your in your work when you work with yeah, I, I think we lost a little bit of um, connectivity to our feelings and our, our thoughts. And um, if you relate to the caveman time, then as you said, there was a danger which was an imminent threat and you had only a split uh, second to react on that. So be it fight, be it, uh, be it flight or be it just like freezing. Mm -hmm. um, but um, when we talk about uh, today's times, then uh, people feel stressed or they feel fearful, they feel anxiety when there is no real threat to them. But but the reaction is the same. So when we learn how to see on things, then we can react um, yeah, in a, in a way that fits the situation and not like reacting to a traffic jam the same way as we would react to, to a tiger, for example. Yes, and my clients who are dealing with health uh, issues and emotional uh, health, uh, emotional eating, they know that they are overreacting to, to a stressful situation and they suppress mm -hmm. their emotions with alcohol or with excess food. That, that is actually a natural mechanism to try and calm you or soothe you down yes. or get, yes. get you away. So it's all part of the natural yeah. mechanism to gain balance. But we can, if we have this awareness, then we yeah. can do it in a healthy way. So if I can relate to that, actually, there were two points in uh, in your statement where I want to uh, where I want to rely on. Um, the first is, um, yeah, using using food to compensate something. 
this is actually a normal reaction to stress. So um, if we take again the, the example of a caveman, he would face a, a lion or whatever. Mm -hmm. So he um, then um, stress would kick in, like all the hormones and, and stuff like that. So he would either fight or, or run away. So um, what happens within his, his body is that he would, yeah, his, his focus would narrow down to a tunnel vision and he would um, only focus on, on running away, for example. So he will get access to all his uh, body strength reserves to um, really manage to, to escape that situation. But um, as soon as he survived that situation and he's back in his cave, he needs to compensate that again. So he, has, he needs uh, rest, he needs to um, re recover from that, that stressful situation. And of course, he has to eat a lot to uh, compensate all the, all the um, energy he, um, he just uh, lost. So what we do today is we, we get stressed in job, for example. Well, these are situations where we do not need access to physical strength. So we are in the same situation. We get access to our physical strengths, but in the end, we do not need it and we do not use it. But the reaction is the same. And um, that, that means that, first of all, we stay longer in that stressful level because we do not use the, the, physical, um, the, the, the body strengths to, to tackle that situation. And second, as soon as we are out of that situation, the body tells us you have to eat, you have to recover, you, you need uh, energy because you lost energy which is from the, from the um, mechanism the right thing, but um, still it is not because we, we do not really need uh, so much energy. Yeah, and the, the human body actually wants to use its adrenaline. It wants to use, it, 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 it wants to use these, these power hormones and chemicals to, to fight and flight and rest and digest. It, it, the human condition wants all of these different states. And what resilience helps you do is be situationally appropriate with each state yes, in exactly, every part of exactly. life. Yeah. So stress, stress or emotions are not driven by the situation. And that is a big part of resilience. Um, stress, stress and emotions are driven by the way how we look at a situation. So what we can do is we can change our, our thoughts and our belief systems so maybe we won't get stressed that, um, that easily or we um, put it into a perspective. And that's what, what um, gives you um, yeah, psychological strength in the end. Yeah. So are there daily habits that we can do? Um, a lot of our clients are very, very busy. They're, they're, they don't have a lot of downtime. And mm -hmm. how can they use their downtime efficiently to make sure they're charging their batteries and building their resilience so that they can be more effective in every component of their lives? Yeah, um, there are actually a lot of things, but I will um, focus on two. Uh, first of all, um, each and everybody has to find out what uh, helps them to recharge again. So for the one is time in the, in the nature, for the other one is maybe time with this um, uh, significant other or with the family or whatever, uh, or sports, we have to identify which that is. So as soon as we know this or that activity gives me more energy back, we should um, deliberately plan that. So we should put that in our schedule. We yes. should really take our time and even if it's only 15 minutes a day, we should Set it in our schedule and should not uh, try um, or should try not to get disturbed in that time. So 
So that's very important. And that's the same on a weekly basis and on a monthly basis. And, and second of all, um, gratefulness is a big thing. So yeah. we have a negative bias. Uh, I can relate to the caveman again. So as soon as um, a caveman faced a lion, he would the next time he would leave his, his cave, he would always look for a threat. Um, so he would not uh, focus on, on, on flowers or butterflies. He would always look for a threat, which is around the corner. So that's how our, um, uh, our, our mind works, actually. So we tend to focus more on the negative things than on the positive. But um, we can train our brain to, um, to see the positive things that are around us. So um, I call it hunt for the good stuff. This does not mean um, to find. I love yeah. that. Um, it, it just means actually that if you come back home from your day, you would just like write down three things which make you smile or which were good, which, which experienced you that day. And not even that, but uh, really to reflect on that. So what did you um, do to experience that? Or what did others contribute to that situation? And what do you want to do uh, to experience more of that? And actually, what does that mean to you? And by reflecting that every day, and if you do that over 30, 30 days straight and even longer, then uh, there are researches on that that it will reduce your anxiety and the likeliness to suffer from depression uh, up to 30 so this is very uh, easy thing. Everybody can do that, and it's very, very powerful. Even though it's, it sounds very, very simple. No, I like it a lot, and I, I, I foster a positive thinking culture in my clients too. And I say, in the legal term, we have you're innocent until proven guilty. And I see, assume you're going to have a great day. Just wake up and just be grateful you're here, and assume you're going to have a great day until proven otherwise. And then if you are yeah. proven otherwise, then deal with that appropriately then. But you know what? You might just have a great day <laughs> if, yeah. if you, if you don't true. get in the way. And, and it's funny. It's, it's all about perspective. It's all about perspective. It Sometimes is, if is, you're running late for work, yeah. it is. If you're running late for it work, like, it could be because you've like had a conversation yeah. with someone. It's like if you look, uh, have a look at the world, it's always half in the, in the, in the darkness because that's the side which is away from the sun and the other half is always in the light. But it's always the same world and it's up to you on which side you want to focus. I love it. It's great. Well, I think we need a bit more of you. And I know you're based in Germany, but I know you can help uh, London with a bit of German wisdom. Uh, so what is your website? Yeah, my website is um, David minus gegen minus goliath minus methode.de uh, you will find it in the description below because it's a very long one <laughs> um, unfortunately it's only in german right now but i'm working on it to um, make a, an english one next year and um, yeah i will give you a call as soon as it's done that's that's fine thank you very much for that and you've got some events and courses coming up yeah, sure. For for next year as well, uh, I have one in February, which is uh, German, but I'm planning and doing one in English as well for all the other um, persons who are interested in it from all over Europe. And I think it will be in. Yeah, I'm not pretty pretty sure about the timing yet because that depends on uh, the military schedule as well. Mm -hmm. But um, 
if you're interested, then just shoot me an email. Um, we will put my email addresses in the yes. description box below uh, as well. It's uh, David Minus gegen Minus Goliath Minus Methode at info.de. Well, David, thank you so much for sharing your inspiring insights and helping urban health in keeping busy people healthy. Thank you so much, David. You've been amazing. Yeah, it was a pleasure to me. So have a nice one. Okay.